back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Pananto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It's going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Well, I've seen one fine. movie... I've seen one movie this week compared to the last few weeks where I've seen a lot more. Something like a hundred each week. Yeah. <laughs> the movie that I watched this week is called Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I From, feel like uh, if you're going to do that to yourself next time, you, you got to send me a message and say, try to watch this too. <laughs> Suffer with me. Yeah. What did you watch? I actually watched two Nick recommended movies. I watched. Oh. Uh huh. I watched Sicario. Oh. And I watched Overlord. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're right. So, right. So there's those. Well, since since you won the movie count this week, why don't you start? Hmm. All right. Let me. Uh, how about I start with Sicario? Because I watched the other one more recently. Okay. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to throw out something there that it's a snippet from Preview Corner that I forgot last week, which was to say, finally, with like a zillion exclamation points, no stupid sentence completing commercial. Oh, really? They uh, didn't have one. Oh, I think they're finally done with that. They did throw a commercial for something in the middle of the previews, but I don't even remember what it was at this point. So, mm-hmm. but man, I was so relieved to not have that be in the commercials. I'm sure whatever's in there is going to get annoying after a while, but not as annoying because I, I, I would have remembered it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, oh, rest in not peace, crappy commercial. All right, so Sicario. And listeners, we've both seen this movie now, so um, we will probably do some spoiling. And I guess this is a movie where you wouldn't want spoilers. It doesn't have tons of like twists and turns or anything, but there's enough that you probably don't want anything getting in the way. So this movie stars Emily Blunt and what's uh, Josh Brolin mm-hmm. and do 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 uh what's uh benicio del toro yeah mm-hmm. and there are a couple other people peppered in there too but they're the ones that get like the main interest and she is being asked to join she's an fbi agent being asked to join some sort of military special ops i don't quite remember is it army i don't know yeah it it's it, it ends up being a couple different kind of agencies that are supposed to be stopping drug cartel activity she isn't given a whole lot of information going into it but the movie starts out with there being some violent experiences that end up killing some fbi members and so she's kind of motivated by that oh to right it starts with that house right yeah they go into this house it's full of dead bodies and then it explodes and kills a couple agents Oh, I forgot that it exploded. It's been a yeah. long time since I saw this. Yeah. <laughs> well, first they're just like, they get shot. She gets shot at and there's a hole in the wall. And they go, oh, look, there's dead bodies in the wall. This is weird. But then they right. go out to this shed and start trying to open this thing in the floor. And maybe it's the way it's shot, but it seems extremely obvious that you shouldn't just start kicking at a door in the floor that's got a lock on it. And then it explodes. Two agents die. And then Josh Brolin and some people who are trying to make these decisions in this shady yet glass room. Because that's where you want to have your secret meetings is in a room that's made of glass. They're like, yeah, let's let's take this woman and put her on this team. Yeah, so since we're spoiling things, it turns out that they have her on the team more or less so that they can say the FBI is involved because that gives them some sort of jurisdiction. It kind of legalizes some of the stuff they're doing. But what they're really doing is going into Mexico to fight the cartels there. And I'm pretty sure having an FBI agent with you doesn't make that okay. <laughs> so. I don't uh, this uh, I got to say that the some of the logistics and arguments made in this movie aren't that good and the whole experience of them not sharing stuff with her doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. There's some information that I get they wouldn't want her to know, but from the jump in this movie, once they get her on the team, they refuse to like talk to her about anything or answer any of her questions or basically treat her like she deserves any respect at all, and it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. It's like if you want somebody to be there with you and to cooperate, even if you're lying to them, I think 
you would do more to kind of make them feel cozy and comfortable than to just be a dick to them from the very beginning of your mission. So I guess what it's supposed to do is put the viewer in a position of kind of confusion and mystery, though. The acting's good enough. I can't really say that anybody did a bad job. I think it's more the issues are, are in the writing about, you know, this conflict within the group. And so as they're doing what they're doing, you you start to figure out what some of the shady stuff is. She keeps trying to ask questions. And eventually, you start to find out a little bit more about Benicio Del Toro, who's actually not an American, and is going to be more or less used to get back at this guy that's the head of the cartel in a mission at the end where he's the only person allowed to like go into this house yeah. and the only reason i can come up with for why he's doing this on his own they seem to know where the house is and instead of just being like hey let's just blow up that house they're like let's just send this guy in in the most risky and dangerous way possible to kill everybody and then sneak into the house and, and then kill this guy. And it, it makes for some cool scenes, but again, the logic of it's pretty weak. It seems like they're watching it all from a helicopter anyway, so it's not like they can be like, we weren't there. And then and she has a partner who in the FBI who's around and is not even allowed. They decide right from the beginning they only want her they don't want him involved at all. And yet when he shows up and starts complaining and going like, hey, give us answers. They're like, all right, fine. <laughs> like, what? You wouldn't tell her anything the whole time. Maybe there's supposed to be some sort of gender thing there. But seeing as how he's black, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in terms of like, okay, white male to white male. Here's information. It's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't work for me. I love, in spite of all the illogic and stuff, like if you just swallow that all down, Benicio Del Toro character is awesome uh -huh. um, and i think that's why a lot of people who like this movie like this movie it's just because he's so badass there are moments throughout the movie where i it, it's a little bit hard to keep track of or it was for me like as to what exactly is going on but i kind of figured out to him like maybe it's not so much that i'm not tracking it that well but because of these things that don't hang together all that well where the logic isn't great that i feel like i'm missing something also throw in a scene where she gets attacked by chain from the walking dead who I, I just can't stand you know judge movies oh, john, people but you know i make some exceptions <laughs> john berthal that sounds right uh the punisher yeah yeah and he attacks i can't her. stand that guy either uh, you know he's just there's something about him it's the worst <laughs> just he rubs his head let me ask you something <laughs> and then he shows up for all of like five minutes to attack her and then it's just a tool to make you feel like benicio del toro is a good guy because he he stops him and then it doesn't work anyway because then they're like you used me as bait and uh, yeah so i don't know i i did find myself on the side of the people who were cheating, you know, by the end of it, in terms of the moral questions, I'm like, yeah, kill that guy and his whole family. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> the head of the cartel. As uh -huh. Benicio Del Toro is walking into the house, I almost turned to Karina and said, I hope he kills all of the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he does. You know, there's mm -hmm. a spoiler. He's crossing all these lines, and, and I'm like, you know what? He Maybe because he's the most likable character also, I'm just like, yeah, let, let's let Benicio Del Toro do whatever he wants. I wanted to like this movie more than I did. I don't think that anything that's weak in the movie falls on the shoulders of the actors. I'm not quite sold on Emily Blunt just yet, but I don't think she did a bad job or anything here. I thought she did fine, and all the actors were really doing a fine job. It just wasn't set up all that well. Hmm. That's my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. I really like the concept of they need this FBI agent, the Emily Blunt character, just for plausible deniability or whatever, where they can just be like, well, the FBI was involved. Mm -hmm. but they really do not she thinks that she matters but she doesn't she doesn't matter at all and she's trying to involve herself in this operation and josh brolin's like you're just gonna get yourself killed and benicio del toro is not even an american agent or whatever operation they're all running from i don't even remember they're all like black ops stuff i guess like the the real crux or whatever is that they in, essentially like you said they invade mexico to take out this cartel on behalf of benicio del toro who's not even an american right 
So like the political ramifications of that are, it's like, imagine if the US government or the president of the United States said we were going to send soldiers to Saudi Arabia, but it's okay because they're going to pay for it. (laughs) It's like your military is a mercenary unit, you know? What kind of crazy fiction is that? <laughs> and then at the end, what I really can't grasp my hand f- or fingers around or however you say that mind, my mind around is the sequence where Benicio del Toro shows up at Emily Blunt's house and he's basically like, sign this paper or I'm going to shoot you in the head. And she's like, I don't want to sign it. And he's like, well, I'm going to shoot you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, okay, I guess I'll sign it. And he's like, great. Well, see you later forever and then i'm just like what why don't you just why don't you just ignore it <laughs> you know like just go ahead and tell someone anyway you know? like like say yeah i know i signed that paper but it's because the guy had a gun on my head yeah you know just because someone has a gun to your head doesn't mean it makes a contract correct i mean i know if she opens her mouth benicio del toro will come back and execute her but just sign the paper be like yes sir and then when he leaves if you're really <laughs> desperate to tell your story then you'll be like okay bye benicio hello washington post it's me emily blunt i only have a minute before benicio comes back to shoot me in the head right but that sequence towards the end where he's in the house with cartel family yeah that was crazy dark i loved it yeah it is it is and it's the highlight of the movie yeah and honestly i get what you're saying like and i I agree that the idea is not bad i just think it's executed poorly like there should be more to kind of make her want to be a shill you know convince her she is doing something be nice to her at all you know make her less suspicious i think if you want that kind of storyline about illegal wars and people getting maybe tricked a bit more it's not a great movie either but i'd say you know like clear and present danger does it a bit better although one i i disagree that clear and present danger isn't a great movie well then there you go it does it better (laughs) (laughs) but you don't have that super dark cool character you know like you hear with benicio del toro you're talking about like the Willem Dafoe guy in Clear and Present Danger? No, I'm, I'm saying that there is nobody in Clear and Present Danger who's as badass as Benicio Del Toro. Oh, I got you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you still have characters who are meant to be pretty cool, but you don't have anybody going into someone's house and killing their family in front of them to be like, <laughs> hey, this is how much of a jerk you are. This is what it feels like. Boom. Or more yeah. like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'll probably check out the sequel, though. I honestly wanted to just see more of a movie about Benicio Del Toro's character anyway, so since he's in the sequel. Sequel looks like it might be more, we're just gonna give you the cheese, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we're gonna take all the cool stuff and just maybe do too much of it but that's yeah. fine <laughs> i'd rather that than be watching it going this doesn't make sense that they're doing it this way yeah i hear the sequel's a step back yeah but i think it's not directed by the first one's directed by dennis villanueva right yeah yeah or denis villanueva yeah. oh is that how you say that that's how i've heard people say it and since it's more complicated i believe it uh, it's, it sounds more non-english Let's just go with Dennis. And uh, <laughs> the sequel is not directed by him. It's some other person. So I really enjoyed this Dennis Villanueva. I tried to go with yours, but I couldn't remember what you said. I really enjoy his movies. So I just like the way they're made. Some of them aren't super great, but they're all just well made. Yeah, I tend to like his projects too. So I, I can see that. But I mean, overall, I mean, I know we, we say at the end when we're putting things in place, whether or not we recommend them. I think it's worth watching. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a bad movie or anything like that. I'm glad I watched it. I overall, you know, wasn't, didn't feel like my time was wasted or anything like that. I just found it frustrating. Maybe because it was good enough that I wanted it to, I really wanted it to succeed. I wanted it to be better. So that's, it's just kind of frustrating. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Nick, tell us about Olympus has fallen. Olympus has fallen from 2013, which is much farther away than than I remember. Directed by Antoine Fuqua, this movie stars Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman, Angela Bassett is in it, Mike Pence is in this movie. There's a guy who looks just like uh, Mike Pence. Dylan McDermott is in it. Oh, so, Dylan McDermott's getting back on the silver screen, huh? Six years ago. <laughs> it didn't take. This this movie was 
uh, entertaining. <laughs> let's let's let, let's put it at that. Right. It's terrible. Excuse me, <laughs> but it's very entertaining. The action is violent as all hell. This is a hard R-rated movie, which I wasn't aware of. I thought this was like another PG-13 action movie. So it's like a hard R. There's lots of blood. There's swearing, you know, bad words. And it's it's stupid. It's basically Die Hard in the White House, but without the fun of Die Hard. It's like Die Hard 2, in the White uh, House. Okay. The basic plot, the first 10 minutes of this movie is Gerard Butler is the head Secret Service agent for President Aaron Eckhart, and he's a super great guy. Everyone loves him. Aaron Eckhart loves him. His wife, Ashley Judd, loves him. There's a kid who loves him. He's just super cop. He's the world's greatest Secret Service agent. They have to go to a Christmas party. On the way, the weather is very bad. There's a car accident, and the president's limo is falling off a bridge. And American Secret Service agent Gerard Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm basically ripping off the We Hate Movies podcast because they do the Gerard Butler impression all the time. He has to make the decision to save either the president or his wife, and he makes the correct decision in saving the president because that's his job and yeah. first lady ashley judd falls to her death well it's like speaking of ashley judd falling if that's where she fits into movies now that's kind of sad <laughs> just, just the president's wife to die in the first scene it's really weird it's just she must have just been on set she was nearby and they're like hey you want to be in this movie and she's like sure i got nothing going on <laughs> and so she's just like dead And then it goes 18 months later, Gerard Butler is no longer the head of the president's secret service detail. He's been transferred to the treasury department where he's bored out of his mind. And Angela Bassett is, according to IMDb, she's the secret service director. So Gerard Butler's still in the secret service, but he's just not on the president's detail anymore. And he's like, I really wish I was still in the game. And she's like, listen... Gerard Butler, no one blames you for what you did. You made the right decision. Even the president knows that. He loves you, but he just doesn't want to see you every day to remind him of how his wife died because of him. And Gerard Butler's like, yeah, I can understand that. I guess I'll go back to the treasury building, which is across the street from the White House. While these two are at breakfast, these other Secret Service guys show up, and one of them looks like my brother-in-law, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) I even like took a screenshot of it sent a picture to him and I was like, this guy looks just like you. And so you're you're watching this and you're like, oh, I bet this guy's the bad guy. Cause why else are we talking to him? And then why else uh, would he look like my relative. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Dylan McDermott is also in like that first sequence and he has like a couple of weird lines where you're like, okay. Is Dylan McDermott also the bad guy? Spoiler alert. Can we alert. agree that to date Dylan McDermott's best acting moment, the uh, most effective scene was getting shot in the head on the top of a building in the line of fire? You know, I have never seen that. Oh, well, spoiler alert. That happens. <laughs> That's a pretty kick-ass movie. You should check that one out. It's one of those movies I've always wanted to watch, just haven't gotten around to it. But like, I was watching the trivia for this, or I was reading the trivia for this movie, and it said, this is the second time Dylan McDermott has played a Secret Service agent, the previous being in In the Line of Fire. Thanks, trivia, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and- that's, that's the most interesting trivia i've ever heard yeah it's 18 months later and president aaron eckhart is getting ready to meet with the south korean prime minister because there's a lot of tension with north korea about north korea stuff and the south korean prime minister shows up he's got his security detail with him and dylan mcdermott now works for the south koreans security detail and the president meets with the south korean prime minister and then this c-130 cargo plane starts flying low over washington dc and basically lays waste to the washington dc mall area 
like around the Washington Monument and the big reflecting pool and all that stuff. Like it just has these guns and it just starts shooting everyone. And at some point, these like raptors shoot the not from Jurassic Park, but like the jets uh-huh. shoot yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a twist I hadn't seen coming. No, that was the lost plot to Jurassic Park 4 was the human dinosaur hybrids that there's a video on youtube now that's just 10 scripts for jurassic park movies that you wouldn't believe exist or something like that it's pretty mm-hmm. whacked out some that's hilarious <laughs> stuff well the human dinosaur hybrid script got so far that they made animat or like clay clay uh not claymation but like designs of the half human half dinosaur monsters you should you look can- for this video <laughs> Okay. You can see more of that, but there are some directions some of these movies go in that's even more whack. So anyway, the C-130 lays waste to Washington, D.C., and a raptor kind of shoots it down, and it smashes into the Washington Monument, and it smashes it in half, and then this plane crashes, and then the Secret Service run inside this meeting that the president's in, and they're like, there's a situation, sir, you gotta come with us. And they take him down to like his panic room slash bunker a mile below the White House or something like that. At the same time, there's this full ground assault on the White House from, uh, I want to say these North Korean guys, but it's really not clear who they are. I guess it's just supposed to be some Korean terrorist organization who wants a unified Korea. It's not super clear to me who, who they were. Anyway, this full on ground assault that they do on the White House is so ridiculous so many people die (laughs) it's it's insane these guys are storming the white house gerard butler gets involved because he's across the street and he like grabs his nine millimeter handgun like he's the black widow fighting aliens and he gets himself involved and like there's explosions there's dudes with suicide vests to blow up the front gates and all this stuff they've got full-on giant bullets on a gun that you have to sit behind to fire Uh uh-huh i think that's like, like there's a 50 caliber yeah like something like that and they're just unloading into the white house from the side of this modified garbage truck and this army of secret service agents just run outside <laughs> towards the bullets it's like watching a a movie about gettysburg or a civil war battle where the strategy to stop a cannonball was to just get in front of it and you're just like just run to the side you can't change directions that fast or how about you stay behind the unbelievably bulletproof front door and wait till they have to reload or something there's like 20 people at a time that just run outside and everybody gets hit with the same digital blood splatter and it's stupid it's it's ridiculous and it was great <laughs> it's very funny and corny and gerard butler of course is like the only person who doesn't get shot everyone in the white house is killed except for the president and his cabinet or whatever vice president mike pence is there which is weird because it's 2013 the it, bad wait, guys, is the guy that looks like mike pence actually the vice president yeah oh that is weird it is really weird and so like the president's down in his bunker and the south korean prime minister is with him and it turns out that the south koreans prime minister's security detail is just the bad guys and so they execute the south korean prime minister and then take the president hostage and then they call the war room or whatever in the pentagon and they're like oh no this is terrible and the bad guy who doesn't have a who has a name but i can't remember it he's like you're gonna do what i say or i'm gonna shoot all these people and basically there's a computer program that controls all the united states nuclear weapons and if he gets all three codes for this program called Cerberus, he can turn on all the nuclear weapons in the United States. The bad guy takes, I guess, the secretary of the Navy or whatever, some admiral, and he puts a knife to his throat and he goes, tell me your code for Cerberus. And and the guy's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he like starts cutting his throat with this knife and the president is watching and President Aaron Eckhart is like, just tell him the code, Bill. Tell him the code. And I'm like, oh, they're going to get all three of these codes because the president cracked like that. <laughs> yeah, really? Jeez. <laughs> like, he immediately gave up and he goes, he can have your code but they'll never get mine and i'm like 
dude, you just gave up in two seconds. Like, I don't blame you. You're in a terrible situation, but you totally just gave up. And this guy well, was going to die. Is with he saying, food. go ahead and give him the code so that you won't die and I will yes. take it on the chin? Yeah. Okay. On top of all this, the president's son, this kid, is in the White House and the bad guys are looking for this kid. And it's at this point that I go, oh, this kid, this obnoxious kid is going to be a huge part of this story. And I said to Jill, at what point do you think they hold the gun to the kid's head to get the president to give up his secret code? And... Gerard Butler is the only good guy in the White House. He's running around like John McClane, and he finds the kid and gets him out of the White House almost immediately. Oh, really? And you're like, yeah, and you're like, oh, wow, that's great. Now we don't have to worry about this dumb kid. Wow, I didn't see that coming, movie. Kind of like, but like, wow, why was this kid here to begin with? But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it was just there to set up your expectations and have you get pissed off and then relieved. It worked. Yeah. So then the bad guy needs the second code from the Secretary of Defense, and it's this lady, and he just starts beating her up. He just starts punching her in the face over and over again. And again, the president cracks and says, just give him the code. And I'm like... he's not cracking if he plans on keeping his own code secret, right? Because they need all three of them, right? Well, they do need all three of them. But the twist is, once they have two codes... They can just crack the third code because they've got some hacker lady. But he, and, but he like, doesn't know that, right? No, he doesn't know that. So, he doesn't, so, so the, he doesn't think he's cracking. He thinks he's just saving their lives and then... And that he'll and he'll be the yeah, one. Yeah, he'll has just to, be the one who gets killed for not giving the code. Right. But meanwhile, he keeps doing the United States does not negotiate with terrorists, and then like the terrorist will just execute somebody, and then he'll be like, "I'll do whatever you want me to do." And you're just like, <laughs> I mean, I know he's trying to save the lives of the people around him, but once you establish that you're gonna give in to save someone else's life, it's it's over. Yeah, it's it's they've got you so like that's like just a waste of time but then it like gets to the point where they're gonna need his code and the hacker lady just hacks his code and the in the war room they're like how did they get the third code they're, they're like it would take three days in that bunker with some supercomputer to do it to get all three codes and he goes they didn't need all three codes they just needed the last one <laughs> i'm like okay so a third of the time <laughs> and they've been in this they've been in this bunker for like 10 hours hours maybe so anyway the bad guy's plot is to set off all the nuclear weapons in the united states to turn the united states into like a nuclear wasteland so that americans can feel the the sting of having been nuclear bombed well that and also because he's north korean so that they can understand what it feels like to live in desolation and i'm like okay how north korea lives they're isolated but they're not a nuclear wasteland it's not a nuclear wasteland but they don't have any food their people basically eat it's not funny their people eat grass to to like survive they're all starving to death except for like the elite which is Uh, i I guess uh, maybe i'm a little hung up on the idea of it's got to be exactly the same (laughs) i'm like i don't know if nuclear bombing the the country is the how you establish that but yeah you know fair but also it's not like the u.s is like well for a long time it wasn't like the u.s was pro north korea and we were like oh north korea is doing it all right that has changed in the last three years because now the president is best friends with the dictator from north korea he wants to be best friends with the (laughs) dictator of north korea this bad guy's like plot is to like punish america for what north korea has done to its people so i don't know it doesn't make any sense but the movie's gotta happen and uh, eventually gerard butler makes his way into the bunker and he has his big fight with the bad guy and uh it ends movie ends it was stupid but I enjoyed it. Now, did you watch this movie because you you want to watch the third one, but you just needed to get the other ones out of the way first? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's exactly right. Because the second one apparently takes place in London because it's called London is Fallen, or I guess it takes place in England. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen it yet. And then the third one, the plot is that Gerard Butler gets framed for assassinating the president. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I right. have to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see all of them now. So stay tuned next week for London has fallen. <laughs> all right. Well, this movie was stupid and it could have been a lot better. Like there's no snappy dialogue. A lot of the dialogue is really bad. Again, like the special effects while bloody look terrible. There are a lot of head stabbings, which I appreciated. Gerard's Butler's finishing move is like a skull stab with a knife. And you're like, all right, I'm on board with that. That's fun. And there's like some good fight sequences. And, uh, you know, the action's pretty good. There's some really tense moments where you're like, oh, this is fun. The movie is well shot, even though the special effects kind of suck. But overall, it's a half decent action movie it's way too long it could easily have been an hour and a half but it's two hours it could have easily have been like 90 minutes maybe maybe 100 minutes the whole beginning sequence with ashley judd is really just a waste of time you could just start when the movie actually starts 18 months later so it sounds a little bit like die hard but with like less charm yeah like i was it's like a die hard too Right, yeah, I guess Die Hard 2 was, like, lacking the charm. Yeah. Well, and then you get into the other Die Hards, and it's just like, this isn't even a Die Hard movie. No, Die Hard 3 is amazing. I don't remember that. Is that the one with Sam Jackson? Yeah. Okay. Die Hard 3 is a masterpiece. I was hearing somebody talk about that recently, and I was like, maybe I need to watch that movie again. Yeah, it's pretty great. That movie should end after they jump off of the boat. Spoiler alert. When they jump off of this big boat, but then it keeps going and it gets kind of stupid, but I don't care at that point. The movie has earned it. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'm already in. Yeah. Die Hard 4, the live free or die hard. I saw that movie in theaters and I was like, this is disgustingly awful. And then I watched the unrated version on DVD. Yeah. And the unrated version, it's not half terrible. It's, 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 it's not okay. half terrible. <laughs> it's not half terrible. It's okay. It's worth watching. But the one when they're in Russia is unwatchable. Wait, which that, is that the fifth one? Are there yeah. six of them? I don't think so. I think there's just the five. A Good Day to Die Hard is the fifth one, I think. It's so bad. I don't think I had any interest in seeing either the fourth or the fifth one. And I want to say that at some point I ended up turning on the fourth one and just like having it on while I clean the apartment or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe while I like clean my turtle's tank or something. Something that just takes a while and I don't even have to look at the screen. And like even yeah. just listening to it probably tuned it out too. I've got like one image in my head of some annoying looking guy. I think he was the guy that tried to sell me Apple computers sitting at a computer. Oh, that's Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Smith is in that movie for some reason, because Justin Long is in it. But yeah, Die Hard 4, if you watch the unrated version, not not the worst thing ever, but seeing it in theaters was uh, awful, because they turned a rated R movie and then cut it down to a PG-13. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, and if all that. it's got to offer, if the only selling point is that there's violent action... That's uh, kind of shooting it in the leg. Yeah, it's like a pun. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so should I move on to Overlord then? Move on oh, to Overlord. Overlord. And uh, folks, Nick reviewed this uh, maybe like three months ago. Does that sound about right? Maybe more than that. Well, maybe more than that. If you want to, <laughs> if you want a unspoiled review, check out what he's got to say. When somewhere between one and one hundred and forty weeks ago, sounds about right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so so we're gonna spoil this too. I guess the overview of this movie is it's World War Two. Some Americans get shot down in france i guess right i think that's right because there are a lot of french people so i'm gonna say I think it's supposed france. to be normandy right like it's like the big invade d-day invasion oh i guess that that makes sense so they they get shot down even though they were getting ready to jump right out of the plane anyway <laughs> bad timing i guess <laughs> and then uh, i wasn't ready yeah they are trying to get to a radio tower to destroy it but it turns out that the town they're in is being used to do wacko Nazi experiments on people to create super soldiers. So they run into a bunch of mutated things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just happened to be pretty much attached to the radio tower anyway. I didn't really get the right. conflict. They're like, yeah, let's not go inside this building. Let's just destroy the tower. We're going way out of our way if we go through the building. And I'm like, literally the entrance 
to this tower is the bottom of the building. So I don't know why there's a problem. But anyway, so, okay, so the the movie itself. A few moments into this movie, maybe like, maybe like three or four minutes, there was a guy who's just like, hey, yo, so uh, I'm from New York and I'm really annoying. <laughs> and I was like, I am going to hate this fucking guy. And I know he's going to be alive for this entire movie. It's just got that feeling of, oh, they think this is a character. We're going to be stuck with him. And he sounds like the kid from Dick Tracy. You know, speaking of Dick Tracy that Nick also reviewed recently. That's what this guy sounds like. And he continues to be very annoying. And he does continue to live through the entire movie. <laughs> Other couple things. These people just sort of seem out of place. Not the main guy, but the guy that he interacts with the most. This blonde dude looks really out of place. Like he should be at a Creed cover band concert or something <laughs> he's got like long hair and eyeliner and he looks kind of like that potato faced tucker carlson looking dude from pet cemetery uh, it just doesn't belong there at all but this movie doesn't care about stuff like that at all and it's kind of fun <laughs> like the, yeah. this, this movie does does not care at all about trying to do any sort of accuracy or time appropriate pretty much anything other than i guess the the sets i don't know i mean there's it, it feels like the movie thinks it's cool kind of like quote unquote limp biscuit cool but <laughs> it, it still kind of works it's like if you go back to that like first limp biscuit album and you're like yeah i can make fun of this but i'm kind of enjoying it before um, all they sang about was themselves yeah it's kind of fun. I enjoyed it. I definitely... So when you reviewed this... Oh, yeah. And speaking of CGI blood, whew, there's a lot of CGI blood in this movie. When you reviewed this, you said, this guy, one of the characters is going to see something. And then they're going to get back to where he saw it. And it's not going to be there. And he's going to look confused. Like, where's this crazy thing I saw? And I'm guessing that what you were... So let me tell you what I was expecting. <laughs> Okay. I mean, the image I had in my head was, oh, uh, what's that movie you saw with the giant buildings? Mortal Engines. Uh-huh. I pictured something like that, like this giant machine, but just like made out of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> so i was expecting this huge huge crazy thing but i'm guessing what you were talking about was the head yeah like the woman's head i that think looked, that's right yeah the like lady been the hanging head out with sub-zero from mortal kombat or something <laughs> the, just the like, head that was still just alive right? yeah yeah it's it's a head and a bit of a spine and, and he leaves like and when talking. he comes back it's it's gone yeah yeah, yeah. i'm trying I, to remember I must have glanced away from the screen or something because I didn't see him looking for it. But I was afraid that about an hour into the movie, I was like, oh, no, did I did I doze off and miss the giant body machine? <laughs> I, I, was, I don't know why that I was convinced that what you had said was quite so grand. <laughs> But I was just expecting the biggest spectacle ever. And I spent a lot of the movie still really wanting this guy to die. <laughs> the guy with the New York accent. Doesn't I, he have, like, doesn't he become kind of endearing towards the end? He doesn't saves he? the kid. There's a kid right. in this movie, and he, he saves him from getting shot. And it's the only thing he does in this movie that's not annoying. And, yeah, I guess it endears you to him a little bit. He, like, befriends the kid a little bit, but the kid's not allowed to have any lines. Is that right? Uh, he does at some point he has one interaction with the kid that's not him being a dick to the kid and the rest of the movie he's just been a dick to the kid the whole time anyway but he like makes one joke to the kid or something and the blonde guy smiles like oh good you're getting along and I'm like, that's that's it. And then he, and then at the very end, he stops the kid from getting shot, and he gets shot himself. Which you know, I still wanted him dead, so I don't know that it worked for me. <laughs> the potato face guy, he, he's got this. You know, those people who when they they curse, they sound like they're really trying to curse. Yeah. This guy has a acting tough version of that. Throughout the movie, he's just looking like he's trying to be tough, and it just makes me go like, you're just so not tough. You're, you're mm -hmm. trying too hard, man. But none of this stuff matters. <laughs> none of my complaints do anything to make this movie not as enjoying as it is. There's a moment where a guy puts a syringe in his pocket, and there's no cap or anything. There's nothing uh -huh. to keep it from getting depressed or plunged or whatever and i'm like all right <laughs> you know whatever 
Go ahead and put a syringe in your pocket. I don't care. There's a guy walking through the sewage with a giant puncture in his side, not taking any care at all to try to, like, protect himself or anything. I'm like, all right, that's fine. This movie's uh-huh. just so sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, there's a moment where they do the dun-dun-dun. I'm like, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> Like the the guy with the who got his face all broken off. Uh, no, 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 no. I think actually the dut 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 comes in when I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's when the guy from Game of Thrones that gets shot in the face like stabs himself with the syringe and turns himself into a monster, or if it's when the cameraman dies and then comes back to life. I, th- I think it's the first thing. I don't remember. Oh well, is well, it in that attic? The attic of that house. Because that's the cameraman guy, right? Yeah, in the uh, yeah, that's the the cameraman coming back to life is in the attic. I think it's when the guy from Game of Thrones stabs himself with this stuff and turns into like a superhuman. Who's uh, the guy from Game of Thrones? He's the Nazi. He's the guy that was gonna try to force the French woman to have sex with him, and then like gets beat up by the blonde guy. He's like hanging, and and the blonde guy's beating him up for information. He's like the main bad guy. Uh, oh, and then he like injects himself at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. He was he uh in Game of Thrones, he was the guy that basically showed up in the last season to well, he wasn't I guess he showed up in the second to last season. The guy that was like from the the boating city, the uh the Iron Islands. Yeah. Yeah, the uncle. Oh. Um Euron? Yeah, that sounds right. Greyjoy. Yeah, the one that starts hooking up with Cersei. Yeah. And then okay. tries to kill Jamie. Yeah. Well, I don't remember him in this movie at all. You might not have recognized him. He's kind of cleaned up and stuff, so you might not have recognized him. But anyway, you know, there there are decisions in this movie that don't make sense. Like the girl's being chased by a motorcycle into the woods and then decides to run out to the road where the motorcycle can catch up with her. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> They stole the ending of Doom. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I know J.J. Abrams was attached to this, but I'm not sure, like, if this is the sort of, the people that made this movie are the sort of, like, team of people that there are going to be, like, spiritual sequels, you know, like, movies that are just done the same way with the same tone and the same kind of tongue-in-cheek thing. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, I am ready to watch any sequels, <laughs> any anything <laughs> that's done by the same people. I'm, I'm willing to try it out, because this is fun. I mean, it does. Don't I don't want to oversell it or anything. I didn't love this movie, but I did enjoy it, and it was it was a nice maybe ninety minutes. The bad in it is that the characters are annoying, some of them, and they make dumb decision dumb decisions, and it could have used maybe a li- little bit more of the over the top stuff. You know, like a little bit more of like their experiments. And maybe that's just because I wanted to see a giant machine made of bodies. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like maybe a bit more of that. But it, it, it had a good balance. Even though the characters were kind of annoying, it had a good balance of like different kinds of characters. It had a cool balance of different tones where it was like humorous. But there was some heaviness to it or some like sort of darkness intention but it wasn't like it went into territory that it shouldn't it didn't get into like mm, it's it's taking place in world war ii there are nazis but it doesn't feel like it's really like touching on any holocaust stuff that it should have left alone yeah and the aesthetic of it's kind of cool because it's got sort of this like neo grindhouse kind of feel where it's like it's using cgi and stuff but things look bad and it seems like it's on purpose like it seems like it's supposed to look the way it does to kind of give you a certain certain sort of tongue-in-cheek feel and it worked for me i I recommend it this movie falls into that category of two separate genres of movie in the same movie where the first part of this movie is just a world war ii d-day invasion kind of thing Uh and then it just turns into this horror movie yeah and this one worked for me more than the descent because of remember what i was saying when i was talking about the descent where the it starts off as like this great drama yeah and it turns into a terrible war movie this movie starts off as like a terrible war movie and then just turns into a good horror movie where like the second movie that they have is better than the first movie that they have mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think that's another example of why that works for me. Okay. No, I think you're right. I, I don't agree in turn. I, I don't have the same experience, you know, as far as like the descent goes. I like both halves of it. I think it's great. But definitely, yeah, definitely this movie, the second half is the strong half. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, because the first half is just, oh, man, if they are trying to make a war movie here, this is uh, you need some better characters. <laughs> Yeah. When the dude in the attic, I'm trying to remember, the guy in the attic comes back to life and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm better. And then he goes crazy. Don't they have to like smash his head? Yeah. Is that what happens? They like have to like kill him like 40 times in order for him to die. Yeah. He, he's like, first he drinks a bunch of water and then he like stands up and... I'm not quite sure why he starts attacking anyone. I think his body starts going through some wacko changes that the other guy doesn't seem to go through when he stabs himself with the syringe. The camera guy looks like his neck is like breaking and stuff. But then something goes on and then he ends up starting to attack the other guys and they shoot him and he goes down, but then he gets back up again. And then the main guy like smashes his head in with a rifle butt. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, is that all you have for? overlord yeah i think that's that's all i got okay well that brings us to the moment on the show where we build upon our movie ranking list and because i have mine open already i'll go first so olympus has fallen i am going to put into the number 48 spot underneath outlaw king and above brotherhood of the wolf i'm gonna give it two and a half stars and i will say i recommend it so there you go all right you saw two movies this week i did i did and i'm really i'm looking at god damn this list (laughs) (laughs) i've already placed them but i see so okay so i've got overlord a little bit above sicario but they're both above as above so below and i want to keep overlord above sicario but i want sicario to be above as above so below i want overlord to overlord to be below it i don't don't know what's going on here i'm in the bermuda triangle okay so overlord is gonna go between snowpiercer and house and i'm gonna give it three and a half maybe three stars let's do three stars no you know what no 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 three and a half three and a half's good yeah and a thumbs up or a a heart or whatever okay and then two steps down between house and dark phoenix goes sicario and that's also gonna get three stars and a thumbs up okay terrific well if you are interested in seeing our movie ranking list you can find us on letterboxd you can find a link to that from our website thisweekinfilm.com which has not been updated in months uh if you know how to fix the web page please get in contact with us because i can't type anything on it anymore it won't let me without being able to see it so i got that going for me if you want to get in touch with us you can send us an email at this week in film podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you saw this week and we will discuss it on the show. Or you can reach us on all of the available social networks. Matt, anything for Midwest Matt recommends this week? I decided to try something a little different this week and I'm going to make oh, two exciting. recommendations directly to Nick. <laughs> oh, okay. So once you're done watching The Things Have Fallen, trilogy (laughs) i'm gonna gonna remind you of these movies every time because i'm putting it in my notes it follows and get out okay those are my recommendations all right i'll watch those movies that you're recommending now for the first time you know we still have this gift from travis here waiting to be opened yeah you know what i don't know when i'm gonna make it out to the east coast so uh i guess let's go ahead and let's do an audio unboxing now i'm gonna tell you first travis Travis, and and this is a this is feedback I've gotten from people for more or less all of my life, and it's that <laughs> uh, I don't show excitement very well. So I may be thoroughly pleased and excited about whatever's in this box. Please just listen to my words and not my tone of voice. Here, um, we'll connect over the FaceTime video. I'm going to hit the button for that, and then you can watch me open your oh. present. Oh, all right. I'm going to do this thing where you can do the screen record. When did, you, when did your basement turn into a Wisconsin Republican bunker? <laughs> it's always been there. I got my whatever this is. <laughs> it looks like... A and bunch of flag. it looks like it looks like wood paneling <laughs> and a bunch of parts of things that could be made into explosives and an American flag. <laughs> hanging Over sideways. here are my collection of 
weapons. Yeah. All right, so here's your box. It is a box. And I'm going to grab a knife here from my other weapon shelf. From his stash of weapons. Trying to do this with one hand and not cut myself. (laughs) Listeners. Now I'm using two hands. Injury's going (laughs) to... Oh, God. All right. This is awkward because I have to hold the mic while cutting the box. I'm opening the box, cutting the packaging tape, and popping it open. Drum roll, man. All right, and if you open it, uh, there's okay, some sort of white like a, card. It's like a white thing. It looks like a card that's face down. Box. Let's see. Oh, it's an envelope. You want to open the card first, or what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, no, no, no. Let's open the card. All right. Sorry, you just can't say what's in the box without... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was revealed to me not very long ago, or someone pointed out, that in that scene from that movie... That not only is it Gwyneth Paltrow's head, spoiler alert, it's uh, it's the baby, too. Is that established? Uh, somebody said it, and it's dark enough that I enjoyed it, and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to believe that that's canon. Well, okay. You were right. It is a card, and it says, thank you, thank you very moo. Okay. Thank you, thank you very moo. So I guess that's actually a card for Travis. So Travis, from the people that sold you whatever they sold you uh thank you very much so here's the text it's a handwritten note and it says hey midwest matt oh oh this is from travis oh okay yeah it's from travis to you it says happy holidays and thanks for being my favorite co-host on this week in film Aww. because of your awesome commentary episode for broken arrow i got you some and then he tells us what he got you so oh, i'm so gonna, gonna spoil that part I'm not going to spoil it. Oh. Uh, he says, enjoy. Thanks, Travis. I'm already wow. enjoying it, Travis. <laughs> Thank you Here's very much. Opening the box, and it's full of bubble wrap. Yay, bubble wrap. <laughs> so that's my fake enthusiasm right there. <laughs> <laughs> this, I believe, is the actual gift. I'm glad I didn't squeeze it because it's more, not more bubble wrap. Oh, sweet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, it's some kick-ass sunglasses. It's not only kick-ass sunglasses. They are literally Broken Arrow branded sunglasses. uh, What's the guy's name? Travolta? Uh, There's a terrible noise in my ear right now. I don't know what's going on, but it's extremely loud. And (laughs) I feel like this is ruining Travis's moment and my excitement about these glasses. But I am literally going deaf currently, (laughs) and I can't get it to stop. It's really awful. Can you hear me? What's going on? I don't know. Nick's wearing my glasses. No, no. Travis didn't say that was okay. Those are my Christian Slater glasses. Travis, we'll have to tell you about this some other time, but thank you. I'm going to go because this is really, really loud. I guess he's having some technical difficulties. Oh, Matt's calling us back. Oh, God. There's like deafening static. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't hear any of that. (laughs) So, Jesus. I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but it's oh, it was so painfully loud. So yeah, so those officially branded Broken Arrow Ray-Bans or sunglasses for Midwest Matt from Superfan Travis. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Travis. Travis. That's awesome. You uh, are the best fan we've ever had. If you want to send us free stuff, we could figure that out. So I guess if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Travis.